0: Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 5, Episode 8. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Rejade Richman. When women are finally ready to put on their big girl business panties and protect their business assets, there is only one woman in the world they can call, and her name is Rejade Richmond. An acclaimed business and legal strategist, Rejade is empowering women to embrace their true power bossness, turning their businesses into empires. By taking the complexity out of the legal side of business with ReJade, clients soon realize that the epic ideas and extraordinary skills in their heads and hands today will be worth multi-millions in their bank accounts tomorrow. From rock-solid business structures to impenetrable contracts, she shows them how to get legal, legit, and profitable. After landing an office in one of the top intellectual property firms in Detroit metro area, Rijay quickly earned her superstar spot, working on coveted accounts such as the U.S. postal stamp that preserved Rosa Parks' legacy, intellectual property and estate matters for Aretha Franklin, and the continued preservation of Malcolm X's and Alex Haley's hair's legacy. Yet the constant pressure to overbill hours and talk over clients' heads left her feeling like she belonged somewhere else. After a complicated labor left her 1.5 pound baby in the NICU and rejayed on dialysis to rebuild her failing kidneys, she found herself with no money, career, or concrete plan for the first time in her life. Bankrupt, she risked it all to have it all, putting everything on the line to build her six-figure business, a personal and professional development company for women. Realizing that her destiny was really to help those women to birth their business babies, she veered back into her legal lane, but this time it was all about helping women build something big. To understand all of the words above the dotted line, and the value of the assets that could make or break their bottom line. To believe in their business dreams until they happen. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Rejade Richmond. All right, Rajade, welcome to She Leads podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today.
1: Thank you. I'm just so grateful to be able to be on this podcast.
0: You're welcome. So I read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for helping women put on their big girl business panties and protect their assets with your business and legal strategy expertise. This is awesome and very much needed.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, I just can't wait to jump right in. I <laughs> get excited when it's time to talk about it.
0: Awesome. Yes. I love your play on words there. Okay. So are you ready to talk about leadership? Yes. Awesome. All right. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree with Jade?
1: I do agree. Yeah. I think the journeys that we go on and the things that we do during this path that we call life, I think we lead in different capacities, whether we're popular or not popular. We're we're always leading, especially women, because we wear multiple hats all the time.
0: Okay, thank you for that. And I like what you said, where we lead in different capacities, and it has nothing to do with our popularity. And that's definitely something that I think I battled with growing up, where I wasn't necessarily a part of the popular crew. And that makes you kind of Mm -hmm. question yourself, I feel like. So I'm glad that you brought that out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I can really I I grew up the same way, was not the popular person, (laughs) you know, growing up and things like that. But I, I feel that I have always made an impact in my own way.
0: Yes, I agree. Okay, so can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you come to this realization?
1: To be honest, I still think
0: I struggle with the idea of classifying
1: myself as a leader. I do know I do things that helps other people and guides them. I want to say when I really realized the impact that I was making, especially in women's lives, from a personal development standpoint and from a professional development standpoint, had to be around the time when I started my business back in 2013. And then I also had started a nonprofit actually called Leadership for Women. And I think when I saw the impact of my summit on the women there, these 100 women that attended, that's when I realized who I was and what I was capable of doing.
0: Okay, thank you for that. And you brought up a key point that I think many women or possibly people in general struggle with is accepting the fact that they are leaders and being Mm -hmm. comfortable with that title and just moving in that space. So thank you for highlighting that because that is a struggle area for many. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Rajay, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why?
1: Ooh, yes. I think number one is character. I think character is so important because... You know, if you don't know who you are and you don't know how to act with integrity and things like that, it's so hard to lead other people. And so character and integrity is two things that I abide by, you know, with my personal relationships and in my business. Those things are so key.
0: Okay. Yes. Thank you for that. And I love that. Know who you are. And to me, that sounds so simple, right? But yet it can be so complex to take that time and do some self-evaluation, self-analyzation. Let's say we don't like what we find. We can also create who we want to be, but we have to know where we stand first. So I love that. So thank you for sharing. Okay. So I believe all leaders experience failure. Mm-hmm. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Rajayi, mm-hmm. can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Ooh, that's a whole <laughs> dissertation.
1: <laughs> yeah. <But,
0: laughs>
1: honestly, you know, now that I'm older, um, though I, I like I can look at failure like that. Like these are lessons. These mm-hmm. are opportunities to improve and get better. But I have to say when I was younger, Failure was such like death to me. Like mm-hmm. it just felt like, especially because I I grew up, I'm the first generation in my family to go to college and to mm-hmm. have a graduate degree and have and had a professional career. And so for me, that was a lot of pressure, especially being African American mm-hmm. and then being an African American woman. Yeah. And then you lead in this legacy for your family. It was a lot of pressure. So I can use this example. When I was in law school, law school was very hard for me. It was a huge transition because I went previously my undergraduate degree was at an HBCU. And so that's a lot of black people. <laughs> but mm-hmm. then when I went to law school, that that demographic change, Being maybe two to three people only being black or and then you're the only black woman, you know, that was a huge transition for me and it was culture shock. I wasn't getting the grades. I was used to getting like A's, straight A's and to get C's. And I had some D's and it was just very difficult. And I actually took failure very hard, the pressure. And it went to the point where I was having panic attacks Mm. and I decided it got so bad when I was taking failure so hard that I wanted to commit suicide, failure was so hard for me because I didn't understand it. I didn't know how to process it. And, you know, I felt like I wasn't good enough. And so I had to get some tools personally to work through that and to understand that failure is not the end of the world. It does not mean you're not good enough. It does not mean I had to understand in law school. It didn't mean that I didn't study enough. It didn't mean that I wasn't smart enough. It just meant that I needed to change my strategy. And when I understood that, that's when things started to click. That's when I started learning about failure and lessons and being able to comprehend it a lot better and to deal with it better.
0: Okay, thank you for that. But you mentioned something that I want to elaborate on if you can. You said that you had to get some tools to work through failure. Can you just kind of throw some out there for the listeners in case they may need some help in that area?
1: Absolutely. Number one is just really just stepping back and assessing the situation, asking myself, honestly, looking in the mirror, so to speak, saying, did I do everything that I could do? And oftentimes when when there is a failure, the answer is no. You didn't Mm -hmm. do everything you were supposed to do to get to where you wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And then say, if you did, you know, then How can you improve? What's another strategy? Who can I get support from? And so one of the, another tool that I use was I got a mentor. Mm -hmm. Mentor was so helpful, you know, a personal mentor and a professional mentor
0: and that helped a lot as well. Okay. Thank you for that. All right. So Rajay, can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience to help you become a better leader? I would have to
1: say, when I started my nonprofit, Leadership for Women, the goal was really on personal development for women because I worked in a law firm where it was just me, a black woman. You know, Mm -hmm. there was no one else that looked like me. And we were starting to hire in more African American women. And what I I really wanted, I didn't want people to struggle with trying to fit in and find their footing and having to prove themselves coming into corporate America. And so I started this nonprofit that focused on that. And I think, like I said previously, I didn't realize the impact that I was doing with mentoring other women in terms of personal development and leadership development until I had my summit. Just to see tears and women just take so many notes and go back to their jobs and they're getting promotions and they're demanding more and you know they are stepping out of their fear and creating programs that's needed at their jobs such as affinity groups for those of you who don't know what an affinity group is is basically a group a focus group where you can get together for example there may be a black cable women's group at your job if you work at a cable company just creating groups and spaces where you can collaborate outside of the workspace, you know, to build that connection. And those things were so key. And when I saw that, that's when I knew I was a leader. That's when I knew I was making an impact.
0: Okay. Can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from this experience? Yeah.
1: I think I can say with my, my current business, there's been times where I've dropped the ball and I haven't followed up or I didn't explain clearly what was going on. I had to apologize and own up to the mess that I made and created due to whatever was going on, maybe personally with me. And I didn't articulate it perhaps to my clients. I I guess that can be one way that I have felt as a leader.
0: Okay, thanks for that. And I do agree that communication is so important and that is a way that, We can fail often where we don't realize, you know, the importance of just being transparent. It's not that we have to do everything under the sun, but just being able to communicate that and let people know what's going on so that they have a correct expectation. So that's a great point to bring up. Okay. Rajay, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem?
1: Why? I just think it's hard in general (laughs) (laughs) leadership is so hard because leadership it tells you a lot about you Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and if you don't know who you are your purpose and what you're trying to do the impact you're trying to make the mark you're trying to leave leadership becomes very difficult you know and I think a lot of us women where we struggle is because we wear so many different hats we wear a lot of different hats—from being a sister, from being a mentor, from being a professional—to you know, the whole nine yards. We, and sometimes in a given day, I don't know whether I'm coming or going because of the, all the different hats I'm wearing. <laughs> and, and I think that's where leadership gets so important because your your leadership role and, we're, and what leadership requires of you is determinative of the role that you wear, that hat that you wear. And so it can become very exhausting sometimes. And so being clear on who you are while you are leading other people is so important. I think where some people mess up and get overwhelmed is that they really honestly don't know who they are quite yet. And I think for me, I had to spend time getting to know who I am and what I wanted because here I was, I was leading my life based on my family's standards, based Mm -hmm. on what they wanted for me. And I had to get to a place where I had to understand like, well, wait a minute, that's not rejade. That's not what I want. That's not what I want to do. That's not the type of impact I want to make, you know, and I had to get really clear on that. And when I got clear, I knew exactly what I wanted. I I knew it was clear on my values, my personal mission statement for my life. I knew who I wanted to impact, who I wanted to work with. And when I started doing that, I started seeing a major shift in my life. I started seeing a major shift in how I worked and mentored other people as well.
0: Okay, thanks for that. I love that. And that's definitely another way that we relate because I found myself also doing everything under the sun based on what everyone else thought as Mm -hmm. opposed to taking the time to get to know me and be comfortable, right? Be comfortable Mm -hmm. and and confident in knowing that what I believe, how I feel is is okay. And I can do what I choose to do. Like I don't Mm -hmm. have to try to make everyone else under the sun happy especially at the cost of losing myself so to say so i right. love that yes what you said lead, lead your life based on your own standards and we have to de- yes. to figure out what they are yep. thank you okay so productivity is a hot topic right now as it should be many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient mm-hmm. as a successful leader this is a must Rajay, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? I do.
1: Now, mine may be a little unorthodox compared to (laughs) some other leaders. Now, I've always heard that the early bird gets the worm. Like, you have to be early. You got to get up to, you Mm -hmm. know, to do more in your day. I think Michelle Obama starts her day at 3 a.m. every day. Oh, my God. Me, I don't even know what 3 a.m. looks like, okay? (laughs) And I haven't sold that time since my college days. But my day, because I, I run my own business, I only work three days a week. Wow. My day is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Those are the days I choose to work. And a lot of people always ask me, how do you build a six-figure business, with just working three days a week? And I'm glad we we're talking about this because it's all about productivity. And I don't start my day at 7, 8, 9 a.m. I start my day at 10 a.m. Okay. Yeah, so productivity, so what we do is, for me, I... I get help. I learn to get help. I learn to outsource a lot of things so I can get things done versus me trying to do everything like Superwoman and driving myself crazy. As um, far as my home, we have we have a maid come out and clean our home. So I don't have to worry about trying to work, cook, clean, <laughs> mm-hmm. take care of the baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a nanny that takes care of the, of the baby sometimes after school just to give us a break. Mm. Things like that. Also, and it's, you know what? It's not as expensive as people think. Mm. I probably spend less than maybe $200 a month doing those things. Wow. Also, what else do I do? As far as the business structure and stuff, I use a lot of productivity apps on my, like on my phone. In terms of like we're working and things like that, I use an app called Asana to manage my business. Mm-hmm. I also use an app called Dubsado to manage my clients. So I use a lot of different apps. And then, like I said, I outsource a lot of things in my personal life and in my professional life to take away that task for me. So it doesn't feel like it's something else added on my to-do list that I have to get done.
0: Okay. Thank you for that. I love that. And I think that what you said is so important and it's not as unorthodox as it may have been in the past, right? Because that's what I'm learning from so many successful women is that you have to delegate and you have to be okay delegating those tasks that we as women are quote unquote supposed to do. You know, I think it's like this stigma that we have on whoever created it, the, woman right. took, the woman's supposed to clean, you know, but if you're trying to be a successful business owner, as well as a successful home, you know, a successful woman in business and in personal life, some things cannot, you have to offload some of those things. And I like what you said, as far as a nanny, I might have to incorporate that because I have a five-year-old son. And it gets to be hard, you know, and you want your child to get what they need, right? But it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to come from you at every single moment, right? I think a lot of people lose sight of, are you worried about accomplishing the goal or are you more worried about how the goal is going to be? About? And I think once we get a differentiation between exactly. the two, we can lead our lives more effectively. So thank you. That was awesome. You're welcome. Okay. So Rajay, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership? And tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned. <laughs> cool.
1: <laughs> I just think just mentoring. I've been mentoring this young lady for almost five years now, and just to see her grow from where she started and her business to being confused to oh you know, bankruptcy, just to have a new family, a new relationship, to see her, her business thriving has been such a blessing because it's like, wow, I have a lot more work to do, you know, just to see that I impacted someone else. And I guess it goes back to what we discussed earlier, just not really identifying as being a leader, but then seeing the work of my leadership, mm-hmm. you know, just makes me look at what I do and how I do things Differently, and it also makes me want to improve so I can help the next person, you know. And so, just to see that it has truly been a blessing just to see her grow personally and professionally in her journey.
0: Okay, thank you for that. I love that, and I love how you are helping her, but then from helping her, it makes you want to improve yourself and do better so that you can increase your ability to help. That is awesome. Okay, so Rajay, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader, or have ever received from a leader, and tell us how you've implemented it into your life?
1: I think the best advice: setting your own personal mission statement. Who are you? and What do you stand for? What are your values? I think when you understand who you are, things start to gravitate towards you. You have this—you create this aura around you, this shine, this glow, values. So if you're listening to this, I want you to your goals what is your personal goals for yourself and because a lot of us don't go off around thinking about like okay what's my personal mission statement for my life and you want to do that because when you get clear on that then you start to understand what type of impact you want to make how you want to lead others you know and so when you get clear on that you will know for me something that i'm really clear on is who i am character and integrity is two things that i won't compromise for anything So you have to know that. And that's the greatest advice I can give.
0: Okay. Thank you. And that reminds me of the old saying, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything, right? Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Like you have to make, set those boundaries and abide by them so that you can be who you want to be. I love it. Okay. So you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? I feel good. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, Rajade, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about?
1: You can contact me at Rajade at search for her existence.com. Also, my website is richmond.com And again, you can also contact me through social media, which is probably the best way to contact me at Rajade Richmond, either through Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn at Rajade Richmond. Okay. So, Rajade, we appreciate your insight today. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. I'm always honored to be able to share my experiences with other women, especially other women.
0: Yes, thank you. I really enjoyed this interview with ReJade and I hope you did as well. I agree with ReJade's viewpoint on the necessity to comprehend failure in an effort to handle failure better. As Rejade stated, failure does not mean that we are not good enough. It actually means that we need to change our strategy. Learning to step back and assess our situation is vital to determining where we can improve. Being introspective and asking ourselves questions to determine what we can do better next time is how we gain from our failures. A quote by Winston Churchill reads, Success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. I admire Rijay's decision to take time and get to know herself so she could lead her life more effectively. Rijay mentioned how she found herself living up to the standards her family wanted instead of what she wanted, which did not actually serve her. This is a great realization because it gave Rijay the ability to create her own story and lead herself the way she determined. When we do not take the time to figure ourselves out, we can fall into the trap of making decisions that are not in our best interests as individuals. It is easy to listen to what others tell us we should be doing. However, if this is not in alignment with who we really are, then it will not bring us the contentment we need within ourselves. A quote by Aristotle reads, "Knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom." I can relate to Rijay's realization that she was a leader once she started helping other women. As I experienced the same, as with Rijay's nonprofit showing her what she was capable of, Lee's podcast has showed me what I am capable of. I find it truly amazing. How aiming to help others in turn helps us individually as well. I have been truly blessed by She Leads podcast, just as ReJade was truly blessed by helping other women develop personally and professionally. When you know that your efforts to foster change are making an impact, it is a soul-satisfying experience that cannot be explained. This is the embodiment of leadership. A quote by Mahatma Gandhi reads The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Rijay mentioned the importance of having a personal mission statement to help guide our lives. According to Rijay, when we know who we are and what we stand for, we will attract what we define. Knowing where to focus our work and efforts leads to success. A personal mission statement gives us this foundation. I will make it my business to officially create my personal mission statement as I understand the importance of being driven by a clear, defined mission. This is something I stress for businesses, yet I never thought to make one for my personal life. I am glad I know my values and my goals, so now it's time to turn this into my personal mission statement. A quote by Zig Ziglar reads, outstanding people have one thing in common, an absolute sense of mission. And now we have
1: Nicole Walker's leadership challenge of the week.
0: My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing that you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, And it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled, We Lead in different capacities with Rejade Richmond. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.